TTB Music Podcast. So wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Before we were really interrupted. Uh, hello, we're back again. Um, new albums this month from The Prodigy, Todd Rundgren, Hailstorm, uh, Laura Marlin, Marina and the Diamonds, and Waxahachie. Bless you. Indeed. But we're going to start off with The Biggie, which is the sixth album from The Prodigy, The Day's My Enemy, and yet another comeback album, supposedly, for The Prodigy. It's funny, you should mention it. Um, yeah, it... it, it the um the prodigy the day's my enemy um this album uh, i saw described somewhere as the comeback album um which you've alluded to quite clearly uh and i thought oh, that's very unfair really because the last album was the comeback album as well and the album before that but they said no this was definitely the album that came back after two disappointing albums and we reviewed the last album didn't we we did and um, it's funny because that album and this album are mm, similar kind of similar um Okay, let's get into the nub of it. The Prodigy, The Day Is My Enemy. Um, this is their sixth album in 25 years, which, you know, is pretty... Lazy. I was going to say impressive. I was going to say impressive that they, you know, that the, the Prodigy are still, are still, you know, doing something that sounds fresh. Please ignore my previous comment. I'll come back to that. Um, I'll come back to that, don't I'm worry. sure you will. Uh, I, I find this album actually, uh, it's... It, it has some very, very good, uh, and I would say almost classic Prodigy moments on it, which I think the last album was actually lacking. Um, mm, maybe. Yeah, there were one or two lead singles off the last album, but I found that there weren't as many moments, and there were more moments on this, uh, particularly if you're, you're Prodigy fans. Um, I, I mean, uh, throughout, you know, there, were, there were tracks, I mean, The Day Is My Enemy, um, Wild Frontier, which I think is probably the best track they've done in... Oof, Ten years. It's um, just one of the better tracks. It's one of the better tracks in the album. But even towards the end, towards the end of the album, some of the instrumentation around tracks like "Roadblocks" and "Get Your Fight On" um, and uh, "Invisible Sun" and "Wall of Death." Uh, "Wall of Death." Did I get that? Yeah, "Wall of Death." Yeah. Um, it kind of took me back to that. Um, there's that that coda at the end of um, uh, "Music for the Jilted Generation." All right, this was nowhere near as good, but but it still had that sort of. That, that closure that that album had in terms of sort of sort of doing something that was a bit more instrumental, something a little bit different to the to the rest of the album. However, the quality of some of the other tracks was unfortunately makes the rest of this album quite patchy. Um, there are a couple a couple of pieces towards the beginning. I think um, I think it was I think it was a beater. All right, I got the point of a beater. Yeah, it was ranting about very rich people making dance music going to a beater on holiday. Yeah, and also basically just showing up, sticking a CD in, and then pissing yeah. off and not doing it, and just going, woo-woo, with the hands I get, in the air. No, I completely get that. But even that, as a rant, now sounds a little bit dated, if you see what I'm saying. I do, but however, I think one of the funniest moments of the album is the fact that that's then followed by Destroy, Which the, most, like... the most Arbitha-like track <laughs> exactly. on the album. Now, whether that's deliberate, I don't know. I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, so, so I, I wasn't so sure about that. Um... And and then and then I think it was nasty, which is track number two. Uh, one of the or reasons, fire starter, as we call it. Well, I was going to say worse than that. I mean, they, they, you may recall at least going back a long time. Oh, maybe not so much so long. Um, there was a a, a a track 
um, that they did that got to number one when they did their first of the many comebacks in the 21st century. And uh, they then ditched the entire album because the track went to number one, but Liam Haller wasn't happy with it. And uh, the name of the track currently escapes me. Uh, and then he ditched the album, and then we got Always Outnumbered, Never Outgunned. Yeah. Which some fans really like, but some, you know, it's a divisive album. Um, and uh, I, I felt that this, this was just a return to the sort of stuff he was trying to avoid doing 10 years ago. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that is my issue with the album. Um, I've purposely put a quote on our on our on our notes for this. Oh, I wonder what that was about. Yeah. Well, I know what that was about. I haven't read it. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a quote from Liam Howlett uh, earlier on this year. Where he said, "Dance music at the moment is so fucking dead. Producers are too safe. They rely on being retro. It's fucking bollocks. There's no pushing forward anymore." Obviously not bothering to take his own advice when it comes to pushing forward and not being retro when it comes to releasing records, because this does sound like it could have come out in the 90s. You know, it's exactly the same drum beat and drum and bass loops they were using back on um, Jolted Generation and uh, Fat Little Land. And because of that, that, that's my issue with this record. It's not that it's a bad album per se, as you say, there's, 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 some, okay, there's some okay stuff on it. Yeah. But uh, I really like one of the tracks you didn't mention. Um, Talking of acoustic, not acoustic, sorry, uh, instrumental stuff. The acoustic stuff. Yeah, <laughs> beyond the de beyond the death ray, which is a pure yeah. instrumental track. Yeah, I think it's possibly the standout track of the album for me, along with Wild Frontier. Mm -hmm. um, but the rest of it is just too much. Like you know, I know in a way it's a bit like saying slagging off ACDC for making another ACDC record. Um, but by the same token, the new speaking of the new ACDC record, there are a couple of good tunes on that. However, if I was going to listen to ACDC, I would still put on another old album of ACDCs, yeah. not the current one. Yeah. And the same is, is with what I've got with this. I'm thinking, if I'm going to put an album on, I'm going to put on Experience, Fat Land, or Music of the Jaunty Generation, not this. That's because they're all classic albums. Yeah. This, you know, I, having listened to it start to finish four times... I can't imagine wanting to listen to it start to finish again. Your track here, yes. So I can, I can imagine doing what all the new, doing what all the kids and everyone does now. And pull, pull it, the iTunes exactly generation. pulling out a couple of tracks <laughs> onto a kind of uh, playlist. Yeah. But I can't imagine listening to the album again. No, it likes that. It likes that. That that's that classic album uh, that you certainly got from, certainly from their first three albums. Um, as I said, I think this one stacks up better than the previous album, Invaders Must Die. Possibly. Uh, which, with the exception of Invaders Must Die and Omen, I struggle really to... Yeah. I mean, I can't remember the name of that, that <laughs> single that, that, that even Lynn Howlett... That was uh, a hit. <laughs> um, you know, ditched. But, uh, it, 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 yeah, no, it, this, for me, wasn't... I wanted it to be much more, but it, but it wasn't. But I, I guess it was all right. Okay, moving on. I know. Uh, moving on to the twenty-fifth solo. Oh, twenty-fifth solo studio album. That's hard to say. Than I thought it was um, <clears throat> from Todd Rundgren, uh, Global. Um, and I've got a good quote here as well because the quote kind of sums up part of what I feel about this particular record. He's talking about the last album, which we You've got reviewed. You've these records. Yeah. <laughs> He said his last album, State, State was new territory for me in not the sense that I was uncomfortable meddling around and fiddling with things and plugging things into other things. Talk about music, right? Yeah. But from a standpoint of suddenly being where it was at, this was my catch-up record. And once I'd done that, I'd kind of assimilated things, knew better what I wanted to do with the things I'd learned, then I had more of a focus about what this record should be. 
And I think that pretty much sums up the difference between global and the difference between state. I got the feeling when we reviewed state a couple of years ago, an album that I still quite, I still quite liked, but you know, it's still only managed to crop in at number twenty in my my list of best albums that year, was the fact that he was trying a bit too hard to EDM his sound and was more interested in getting sounds in rather than actually writing songs and making the arrangement fit the song rather than the other way around. Uh, with this album I think it's definitely the songs that have come first and then he's decided to add stuff to it. Um, so I think as a result this is a much more pleasing album than State. Um, rather than go through every single track because that would be boring for everybody and won't give you a chance to speak, I'll say that the highlights for me are where it uh, concentrates on the more kind of soul aspect of Mr. Rundgren's performance, so uh, kind of ballady things. So there's a couple of ballads, Blind, which has a lovely uh, saxophone solo in the middle, uh, Soothe, which for anyone, any, any kind of uh, budding manager out there who's looking for a surefire hit for their uh, upcoming artist, I would nab this for a cover version myself, frankly. Um, Fate, in a similar, similar vein. Um, but then there's also some more kind of upbeat kind of stuff in that's bringing some of the EDM. So everybody, the opening track is, mm. a, is a fun, ridiculously catchy yeah. sing-along song. Um, my possible, my favourite track on the album at the moment is probably Rise, which is uh, track three on the album, uh, which again incorporates kind of EDM influences without overpowering the track. There are some issues with other tracks on the album, but I shall let you have a... How many albums of his have we reviewed now? Uh, if we include the the uh, classic one, probably it's probably four or five. Oh yeah, we did the classic one as well. All right, discluding, in, discluding, uh, <laughs> not including the, the <laughs> classic one. Uh, let me disclude myself. Um, I, I, I think I think this is the best one we've done. Yeah, probably is. for a number of years. I, I think this is a standout record. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I didn't mind state, but but for all those. I agree completely with your appraisal of it, your reappraisal of it just now. Um, yeah, it, it was very much, oh, it's, it's a lot of EDM with a Todd in the middle. This felt like a Todd Rundgren album. Yeah. That, that actually perfectly balanced everything people like about Todd and and pop music, dance music. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought, I thought, I thought it was, it was um, consistent throughout. That was the word I was searching for a moment ago. Not solid. <laughs> consistent. Um, consistent throughout. Um, uh, I particularly like Flesh and Blood. Everybody oh, yeah. and Flesh and Blood. I thought you, I thought you, I thought you might like Flesh and Blood. There's de de definitely a bit of Pet Shop Boys and De and Depeche Mode I'm gonna present in there. It. I'm not going to mention it. I'm not even going to go ping through this review. Oops. Um, uh, and uh, even some of the other the other stuff that he does, which uh, it, it always brings a smile to my face, like uh, like uh, Global Nation, um, uh, Skyscraper. Skyscraper. Uh, yeah, so it's skyscraper, which which is pure uh, pure uh, Peter Gabriel so period exactly. eighties pop. Yeah, and this island Earth, his musings about life beyond, and, and uh, yeah, you know, and there's some brilliant lyrics in here as always as well. Um, but uh, no, I thought this was a, I really I really enjoyed this record. Earth Mother's a bit ropey though. Let's be uh, honest. Uh, Good intentions, very but well intentioned, but a bit cheesy. Bit cheesy. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, that was that, yeah. Uh, Holy Land. 
Holy Land. Did you have a problem with? No, I did have a problem with initially because yeah. like the the oh 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 at the start I was thinking oh you yeah. you you've got to be kidding me. But however, yes. uh, it, it, it it wears you down after a few listens. It does. It does. Um, it's even terra firma, so why? Yeah, quite like yeah, terra firma. Terra firma you know, so so as I say, I can't really find a track on this album which I didn't enjoy to some extent or other. So uh, yeah, really. This is, a, this is a great Todd Rundgren record. As always, I caveat that with, if you're not a fan of Todd already, or you don't know who Todd is, probably not going to appeal to new fans, but yeah, previous fans will, will love it. True. Right, we change musical stylings, and move on to the third album from uh, American rock band Hailstorm, Into the Wild, uh, printed by well, two members of the Hail family in, which is hence the name. Uh, but uh, are led by lead singer and guitarist Lizzie Hale. So, did this rock your world, Pete? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, did, I didn't enjoy this one at all. Um, and uh, I, 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 my, it starts with Scream. It's very heavy. I thought, oh, okay. Well, right, we're on a heavy one. Right, okay. Fair enough. And then it just sort of disappears down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yes. I've read your quote. It does, uh, isn't it? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it, do, it really does, though, because it, it sort of starts heavy, then it kind of goes a little bit old, middle of the road, rock, old, you know, indie, maybe, um, and then it just sort of uh, kind of tapers off towards the end. Um, it, is, it, is, it is a weird one. I, 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 I couldn't figure out, is, is, is it Christian rock as well, or is it just don't think heavily so, no. dependent on faith-based lyrics? Yeah, possibly. It's... it's it is weird because it's described to mode as Christian rock, but no. you would say there's a lot of faith-based lyrics in that. This is very true. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is very split between kind of mm. stadium rockers and slow ba- slow ballads. Mm. It is kind of very much a half and half thing. Which, if you were if you were a fan of kind of hard rock music, you'd probably be wanting it to be mostly hard rock with a couple, a couple of ballads yeah. thrown thre- thre- yeah. in. But this is kind of half and half. And in fact, some of the ballads. I will say before I was the answer the album that I think Lizzie Hale has a great voice. Yes. And, yes. And a couple of the ba- ballads, you, you know, you, you could be listening to Pink or Shakira almost, because they're, they're that kind of poppy. Yeah. Um, particularly um, what Sober couldn't say near the end of the al- album is it's very kind of uh, poppy. There, I can imagine it being I can imagine it being remixed as a kind of mm. pop version stuff. And um, so I kind of agree. I think I think. There are moments where I kind of thought, "Oh yes, this, this is this is all right." So I quite liked "Apocalyptic" and towards towards the towards the end because that was quite a good 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 rock song. And um, "Amen" I didn't mind didn't, didn't mind either earlier earlier on as well because it was good kind of good in the kind of stadium rock rock way. "Dear Daughter" kind of I thought lyrically was quite quite more interesting ballads on the on the album. But yeah, overall it's a bit kind of meh. Yeah. Without kind of, you can't, as you say, it kind of like starts to do something and then suddenly stops. So yeah. you, you know, there's nothing kind of grabbing you and anchoring you into the album. Now, if it starts with the, uh, oh, please forgive the, the pun and the rock reference. It starts with the volume up on 11, but it just gradually cranks down a point each time. Yes. In terms of interest. And, and I think what the album could have really done with was perhaps another couple of uh, sort of louder numbers. Uh, towards the end, but but maybe that's because because I fall asleep. Oh, sad times indeed. No, no. Okay, so we move on to uh, fifth album from. You probably should. 
Laura Marlin, uh, called Short Movie. And I liked this quote, uh, so I'm, I am going to read this one out. Uh, in the interview she gave in, uh, a couple of months ago. I wrote this record on electric guitar, but I play electric like I do acoustic. It's not going to be groundbreaking. I've managed to resist the EDM. <laughs> Which I thought was uh, highly amusing. Uh, and accurately describes the album yeah. as well. Um, because, yes, there is uh, more electric guitar on this album, or some electric guitar on this album as opposed to previous, previous albums. But by the same token, it's very much identifiable still as a folky oh, Laura Martin yeah. album. Yeah. Um, and this is one of a couple of the records this month that was kind of slow to kind of work its magic over me, actually. It was Indeed. probably third listen before I kind of went, okay, ah, I get it, yeah, I'm in. Um, and that didn't even happen at all with Laura Ryan's last album, uh, Once I Was an Eagle, which I still haven't really ever kind of got to grips with. Yeah, agree. It's clear that you can tell immediately that she lives in LA, LA now because there's definitely a kind of West Coast vibe to some of the arrangements uh, inflection in her vocal stylings on a few tracks as well, particularly things like Strange that some people might find annoying. Um, but I think overall the kind of sound, sound shows gr and songwriting shows growth and progress progression. And it gets off to a cracking start. I think the first half of the album I think is terrific. Um, you know, starting off with a kind of echoey, reverby, kind of Joni Mitchell-esque kind of warrior as the opening track. Uh, and then into kind of False Hope, which is the first example of the new electric mm. guitar, Marlin. Um, which I love how it just starts with the electric guitar in her voice and then the band kind of kick in and the second verse kind of thing. Uh, that's probably my favourite track on the album, actually, at the moment. Um, and then you get a kind of more Nick Drakey, acoustic-y number, I feel, Your Love. Um, and there's a song later on the album, Easy, which is in a similar vein. Um, so I think the first half of it is really, really good. When it gets to uh, Gurdjieff's Daughter, which does start off sounding like a cover of Salt and Swing by uh, Dire Straits. Um, it's probably my least favourite track on the album, and I think after that, the album's a bit more shaky and inconsistent. Um, but I do like, uh, again, we're back in Wardrenny Mitchell's territory with uh, How Can I, which mm. is a really lovely track. And uh, the final couple of tracks are quite nice as well. Um, so overall, I, 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 thought, I thought, yeah, it's a good album. And, de and definitely, like I said, it's one that first couple of listens, I liked False Hope and, and a couple of other things, but wasn't really sure. But then the third listen, it kind of seemed to kind of click into place. And like, I thought, oh, actually, there's more good on here than I was originally thinking. Yeah. Um, how Can I? It's actually one of my favourite tracks on the album. Mm, it's a lovely yeah, track. Completely agree with you. It took me about three or four listens. I, I listened to the Prodigy album three or four times, four times I think. I think mm. every every listen was an, a slight disappointment. This was the complete opposite. Every every listen was just was a joy, um, compounded on top of the last listen. In fact, in fact, I went from sort of not sure how to take this album at all, yeah, uh, to actually finding it was one of my favourites of this particular podcast. Uh, it, it it's it. You're, you're right. The last album just never. Clicked. I always felt cold listening to that yeah, record. Yeah, same here. I just didn't. I didn't connect with it at all. And even though now she's sort of moved to electric guitar and adopted, uh, uh, you'll love the parallel of Bob Dylan sort of accent. Uh, Indeed. See what I did there. Um, it, it's uh, it, it, it's still uh, it really connected with me. This out record. Um, I don't know if you picked up on the. I won't, you've listed all the best tracks. So I'm not going to go down that route. Um, I don't know if you picked up on the whole. Um, there was a journey across this record as well. I, I felt 
I felt the English girl was very much stranded in the East Coast to begin with. Hmm. And gradually as the record progressed, I don't know if you noticed, there's sort of a geographical pointing west to a point actually about two thirds in where she actually does actually say in one of the lyrics, it's time for me to turn back east. Yes, because there, there are some there are some clear reference references to references the, to, to, New, to New York and stuff. At the, yeah, references, in, in yeah, the there's references the start to New York, but then there's definitely references back to ink towards England towards the end of the album. Um, so I felt I felt that this 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 album was very much a a soundtrack to a period in her life. Uh, it felt like she'd been on a an, on a journey. Uh, X Factor, be happy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and actually, actually, felt the record itself feels like a, a journey as well, a very watery one too. Well, happy holidays. Praise indeed. Yeah. So, we now have another another re- returning uh, person to the podcast, uh, someone whose first album we reviewed, the second second album we didn't, although the second album she was sort of pretending to be somebody else. Um, so this is either the third or second album, depending on how you want to view it, from Marina and the Diamonds, uh, called Fruit, purposely misspelt, although it does mean exactly the same thing. Um... And funny enough, talking about that last experience, I've got a quote from her, which she said, I always get the impression the media are like, she's not really an artist, someone else is creating that. And with this album, I wanted to make a point about writing the whole thing, because then you can't see anything. You know I'm the sole creator, and there aren't many of those artists anymore. Yeah. Um, I think that was because on the, on the last album, she'd worked with lots of writers and lots of producers, right. and basically got an album that was sounding like it was written by lots of different people and produced by lots of different and people. we didn't review that, did we? No. Uh, we didn't miss out by not reviewing it either. Oh, okay. It was it was a very very patchy affair, but we both were big fans of the debut album. Yeah. So, with that in mind, has this reunited that or not? Do you know what? I, I listened to this record the first time I listened to it, um, and I thought, yeah, it's alright, it's alright. But then the more I listened to it, a bit like the last album we just reviewed, the Laura Marling record, it just got more and more rewarding. Um, Again, someone else has been on a journey. I feel this was certainly a lot earlier. This is, yeah, this is a, this is def- this is a, this is definitely this is, a breakup album. Isn't yeah, it? this is the, this is the blue to the previous album's red. Um, this, this was a lot earthier in terms of in terms of its content, in terms of the heartbreak, in terms of the um, sort of sorry, a very sad state of affairs. I felt felt very lonely. <laughs> Rena, uh, um, in yeah, just want to give her a hug. You just wanted to sort yeah. of give her a cup of tea. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I, I did smile because particularly towards the end, I think it was the track Weeds, um, and she talks about you know clearly being in her mid twenties and 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 having having loved so many times and just wanting to love one more time, and I just thought I just thought of, I just I did think I did smile because I thought people in their twenties, oh bless them, yeah. <laughs> it was like desolate desolate period of you know you think you think you've wasted all your opportunities and yet and yet you never know what might be around the corner, um, it it just. It did make me smile in that respect, and um, want me to put my arm around him and say it will be all right. Um, but yeah, this was definitely a grittier album and an earthier album. And I think, I think her debut aside, a debut was brilliant. A debut was a brilliant pop album. Yeah, um, you know, it had some great, great tracks on it. Um, this was a, a great artist record. This, this was a really good album. Um, in terms of, I'm not so sure how the fans will take it. You know. Yeah. The converse of other albums we've reviewed. I mean, I hope. I mean, hopefully, well, I think you're right. I think. I think. I, I, think, I think they go with it. I think stylistically and, and musically, yeah. this is definitely clear progression in yeah. in. It's a more mature record, as, as they say mature, in the business. A more mature record, absolutely. 
Uh, you know, maybe some of those younger fans are now more mature themselves and more battle-hardened. Uh, so hopefully it will appeal. But, but there were some great, great tracks on here. I'll let you run through your favourites because I have to say, I really enjoyed this album from start to finish. Again, another consistent record. Well, but let me really go. When I, when I said with Laura Marlin, there were two albums that kind of crept up on me. This was, oh. this was similarly mm. the, the, the second one. Again, Absolutely. again, it was kind of... Second or third listen? Third listen. It was third listen for yeah. me. I mean, I, I, don't get wrong. On, on first, on first listen, I, I liked some of the more obvious stuff. So I liked kind of Forget and Blue and Happy and stuff like that that immediately kind of jumps out at you. But um, other stuff took a while. And I was thinking, oh, this is this album. First few listens, I wasn't quite sure if it hung together as an album or if it was a bit too disparate. Um, yeah. But now I think I actually think it does, and I, and I think, as you, as you said, the kind of theme of kind of breakup and loss and stuff, which permeates it, could be quite depressing if you if you sit there and read all the lyrics because there are there are, <laughs> there are some, and don't get wrong there's some very good lyric, lyrics lyrics in it. Um, you know, I, I like lying savages. I mean, savages yes. talks about rape and various other things like that. But <laughs> I like I like the, just the line underneath it all were just savages hidden behind shirts, ties, and marriages. Yes. I just thought, brilliant. yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. Um, and also on Camp, Can't Pin Me Down, she's talking about the whole idea of, uh, you know, it's almost like feminism and what it means to be a feminist and stuff. And she kind of goes, you know, do you want me to write a feminist anthem? I'm happy cooking dinner in the kitchen for my husband. The kind of thing that, you know, I don't, don't, you don't have to be out on the streets burning your bras to be a feminist. You can still kind of do normal things mm. that, you, that you would do that people would go, oh, it's not feminist. Do cooking tea for your husband. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Um, so I kind of like, like I like that, and she just have a, a really good way with words and a really good way with melody, and uh, and obviously on title track fruit still obviously has a way with just being bonkers. Yes, clearly. Which was good. To see no, that's good that, bonkers. Yes, yeah, good to see that she hasn't lost the bonkers. No, 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 the bonkers were still there, and 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 so, you know, and it wasn't all dreary and, and the solitude because because actually the tracks, the track savages and and um, and fruit, they were upbeat musically. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, plenty of there's people. Some good pop tunes on here. I mean, forget, as well. forget's very upbeat. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you yeah, know, there, there's some good, some good tunes on here too. Yes. So what, if you bought the first album, you will like this second yes, album. Yes. Go, go yeah, buy it. It's the third album. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Both. Yeah, made the point there. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so we finish up with another third album. This time from Waxahachie. Bless um, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not the really old, is it? No. <laughs> uh, which is uh, singer-songwriter Katie Crutchfield. Um, now, I liked her... Uh, I didn't hear the first album, but I quite liked the uh, second album, which came out, I think, a couple of years ago. So it made it kind of interesting to... interested to kind of uh, check out this one. Um, and it's got very, very good reviews. It's pr probably the best-reviewed album on our list, if you look at uh, uh, the things. Um... And it's an interesting record. It's short, it's one thing, to start, start off. It's lots of two and a half minute pop songs of sorts. Um, again, there's a lot going on, funnily enough, about uh, relationships and breakups and heartache on yeah. here as well. Yeah. Um, the album's kind of bookended by two longer tracks and slightly more interesting tracks as well. So they're, they're, they're both uh, Breathless at the start and what's the one at the end? Bonfire. Bonfire. Both have that kind of. Um, um, shoegaze, low fuzz droneness to them, but very, but still quite sparse tracks. Yeah. Um, and question, I particularly, I particularly think it works best on Breathless, which is a track at the start, which I really, really like. Um, on top of that, you've got 
uh, kind of perfect kind of indie pop of kind of under the rock and grey hair and then some Casio type pop mm. of uh, is it La Luce and Stay On By Noon uh, which it's also got a, a good line in it which I liked which is uh, you know I can uh, imitate some kind of love or if I could see it for what it is and stop kidding myself and I thought yeah I quite like that kind of mm. uh, sound wise overall it's a bit if you, if you, if you kind of imagine kind of Dinosaur Junior, uh, early Liz Fair, around kind of Exile Guyville period, and the Breeders, because her voice most sounds like Kim Deal, mm. nothing else. Mm. Um, then that's kind of what it sounds like. I'm not as big a fan of it as the reviewers are, has to be said. Um, for me, it doesn't quite hold together as well as I would want it to. But the fact that the songs are short, as I said, does mean that it does zip by reason, reason, reasonably quickly. Um, so I think it's a classic, solid album. <laughs> I'm inclined to uh, agree. Um, it's, it does zip by, although for me it didn't really leave much of an impression. So I've probably not been as taken with it as yourself. Mm. Uh, perhaps I need to give it a couple more listens, but... Uh, it certainly didn't have that impact of those previous two records we've reviewed. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's, it's vocally, she's brilliant. Um, you know, musically, all those things you've described in terms of that lo-fi indie feel, uh, a yeah. great sort of lo-fi album. Um, but, but for me, just didn't quite, didn't quite hit the mark. And, and maybe, and I, I'll put my hand up here and say, maybe I didn't need to give it another another listen because uh you clearly i've missed i've missed something um yeah. i should say she deserves a prize for for uh using the symbol for less than as a uh yeah title for a song yeah <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> that must be a first musically speaking yeah <laughs> yeah um but it's it's funny because it's around about it's somewhere around about there that that my interest started to wane although i have to say the album did close very well uh, the last three tracks, particularly Half Moon and Bonfire, as you say, uh, yeah. what a great, great way to finish an album. Right, so that's another podcast done then. So, great way to finish a podcast. Album of the podcast. Well, I really wanted it to be the Prodigies. The day is my enemy uh, because because I'm a huge fan, and actually, despite what I said during the review, um, not so much about this record, but I have liked all their albums. Um, but this one just didn't quite feel right uh, I agree um, so it's a toss up really between three other records um, but I'm going to let you vote for Todd <laughs> <laughs> so again I, I'm, I'm, I'm the same it's, it's, I, think, I do think the Todd album's a, a good uh, record and a, a, a grower but I, 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 I'm sure you're going to say something but also, also I think the Laura Marlin and the Marina and Diamonds albums are both yeah. really really strong records that reward I think, listening I think, I think Marina nicks it for me I think if I was going to pick between the two, I'd uh, annoyingly probably have to say the same thing. Oh, blimey. Okay. Uh, but clearly it's Todd. So, ne uh, next podcast, uh, we'll have more Todd, unbelievably. <laughs> uh, I know. Outrageous. It is outrageous. I want my money back. And we'll also have a new album from Martin Gore. Uh, the Return of... Forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, the I Return think. of Blur. Oh, maybe I'll come. And three others okay. to be chosen. Oh, that sounds good. So until then... Nice. See you then.
You've been listening to the CTTV Music Podcast.